Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, and it's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks to talk about financial and estate planning, travel, hobbies, and so much more. Whether you are planning for retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And Lori, the end of 2022 is approaching, and this year has shown to be another roller coaster full of market uncertainties, global events, and problem solving. Elevated inflation numbers, rising interest rates have resulted in a challenging investment environment. We really saw how important active management is in the face of market volatility this year. Thankfully, we've had you to make sense of it all. That's right, John. 2022 has been somewhat of a challenging year with a lot of volatility that really kept investors on their toes. We really saw a reinforcement of some of the investing principles that we follow so closely in our strategy that really helped with the volatility and the returns at the end of the day. So staying on top of data and changing market conditions, active management, the importance of raising cash when there's really a lot of uncertainty, but then again, putting it back to work when the timing fits. At the same time, 2022 also reminded us of past lessons. You know, no one can predict what markets will do. And this year was another good example of that. And you just have to be proactive and stay on top of changing market conditions. And markets move in cycles, as we know, and therefore we need to always recognize the trends. I've traded through many corrections, crashes, recessions even, and this time is no different, although the situation is different. The way that investors react when they're surprised or shocked and how markets react to both on the way down as well as on the way up is what we have to take note of. And by sticking to a disciplined strategy, having a portfolio manager and team that stays on top of the events that are unfolding really gives investors that confidence to stick with it. Because again, this is going to be one year of your 20, 30 year time horizon. Five years from now, I often say, John, you're not going to remember what happened in 2022, possibly in terms of markets. There'll be a whole nother problem to deal with by that point. So again, you want to take it in stride. You want to remain logical, level-headed during times of market volatility, because at the end of the day, there's always going to be opportunity that presents itself from there. Well, on this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire, we will be going over investing lessons from 2022 and some year-end financial checklists. We will discuss, among other things, sector rotations, active management, end-of-year tax planning, registered plan contributions, and retirement account distributions. There's a growing concern that we could be heading into a recession next year, Lori, and a lot of investors uh, have lived in a state of fear, reacting to every piece of news with caution and anxiety, I would suggest. However, we've seen that this is no way to invest So what would you say to investors who are worried about a recession? One issue you have with trying to predict the future is often you're going to be wrong and you can't have an investment strategy based around the fear of something possibly happening in the future. You need to take precautions as we do and what we have done in the last few weeks so that we participate in the recovery, but also talking about 2023 and and going forward. I mean, bear markets and recessions are not an anomaly. You know, they're part of the business cycle, economic cycle. And eventually the economy would improve and and markets would rebound. The question is a matter of when, not if. 
And it's important not to panic in the face of news headlines as experienced advisors or portfolio managers assess the news and again, stay disciplined to their strategy. And again, hopefully that's not a buy and hold strategy. That's the luxury I have when looking at the future. I don't have to say, you know, John, there's going to be a recession in 2023. So I better sit in cash the whole year. No, we're going to take a look at the economic data that's coming in and make decisions based on that. I believe in the next three to six months, we're going to understand more of where the economy is going to be sitting after all of these rate increases, because we haven't really seen the impact from the rate increases as of yet. We're starting to see, obviously, the economy slow. All the leading indicators really are showing signs of cooling. The labor market is still strong. So again, the question is, is mild or deep recession? And most of the economists out there are calling for a mild recession. However, I think we have to watch the real estate market, have positions in kind of recessionary type stocks, more in bonds, more in cashable GICs as we go through the first few months. But after that, remember, during recession, often stock markets continue to move higher somewhere in the middle of that recession. And so that is where you don't want to be sitting on the sidelines forever because this too will pass. And speaking of well-diversified portfolios, it leads us to an important lesson and a question about sector rotation. And so what exactly is sector rotation and what have you and your team done to take advantage of that? So active management really takes into account sector rotation. This means participating in sectors that are moving in the right direction and avoiding the ones that are not. And also understanding where we are in the economic cycle. So Right now, again, when we're talking about a possible recession in 2023, adding to recessionary type stocks, looking for staples. We already own things like McDonald's and Coca-Cola. You want to have utility companies, usually telecommunications. When people are looking for cheaper deals, something like Dollarama, which just had good earnings, Fortis, Loblaw, those are the types of names you want to be in during a possible recession. You want to focus on sectors that continue to have strong consumer traction in times of a slowdown. Things that you kind of want to avoid, stocks that are cyclical in nature or sectors. So when you think of railways, industrials, technology, those types of sectors may not get through recession very well. So again, you want to avoid those. However, some of those areas during this market recovery is what's been working. So right now, it's important to stay diversified, ride this recovery back up and make decisions early on in 2023. Just a question about your experience. Going through these various recessions and downturns and crashes and what have you, do you start to see a pattern where, okay, this is happening, I need now to go into these sectors? Is it as simple as that or is it far more complex than that? I think that we're preparing for what we see happening in 2023. We're watching that data coming out and making decisions based on that. And so, you know, whether it's as easy or not, you have to still pick and choose the individual securities or companies that are the leaders in those sectors. So it's not like all staples are created equally, for example, or all telcos, right? You look at TELUS versus Rogers. So we're doing a lot of research in the background to determine, again, which stocks in those leading sectors do we want to own. And to answer your question, John, no, there's no green flashing light that goes on that tells us we should be moving in this direction. But, you know, looking at, at the past, for instance, like COVID, when that crash happened and immediate recession, my green light was when the Fed backed the economy. That was the green light to start buying. In this case, right now, we have 
bad news for the economy kind of equals good news for the stock market because it means that the Fed won't increase rates as much or as high going forward if they think the economy is cooling. And so that's still good news. However, there could be a point where bad economic news equals bad stock market. And so again, that's why we start preparing ahead of that. Uh, Because as we know, investor sentiment can change very quickly. And so if that were to happen, you would see these staples start to move higher. You could see bonds even moving higher, depending on where, where yields are going. So again, in preparation of, you know, the first three to six months of 2023, we already started weeks ago. There's no doubt that you're an expert in active management, uh, to say the least. So how does having an active strategy benefit investors, especially when times are volatile? We definitely believe in making necessary changes to protect portfolios as much as we can during heightened times of uncertainty. And remember, a buy and hold strategy is more passive. It's kind of set and forget it. Don't worry, it will recover again. My belief is, is you want to do as much as possible to reduce the impact so that clients can sleep at night, but also so that you can get back to where you were quicker. That is the reason for doing that. And sometimes sectors can fall out of favor for years, not just a year, but years. And you look at technology in 2000, you look at gold in 2011, you look at energy in 2015, there's times when the whole sector isn't worth owning. And so that's my belief. You don't have to own all sectors all the time and you want to pick and choose depending on where you are in the business cycle. So actions we take as an active management team, raising cash helps protect the portfolios. A lot of the months this year, I would say a lot of the time, we had 20 to 30% cash uh, in the legacy portfolios to really protect portfolios during the downturns. And even though markets were down twice as much, having that cash also allowed us to be able to pick up stocks at lower prices when markets were lower. So that's another reason why you want to have some cash on the sidelines. But again, it's not panic cash. It's it's logical thinking, making insightful decisions for the portfolios. Uh, trimming positions that have grown are expected to move out of favor. A good example is like Caterpillar. If you're going to an economic downturn, Caterpillar is probably not a company you want to own. We haven't owned real estate investment trusts or REITs in a very long time because we're worried about the real estate market. So making those decisions on clients' behalf day to day. You wanted to have a lot of different sectors in 2022 because it was like gold would become in favor for a few weeks and then you would see energy and then you would see financials and it kept changing. I would say that since the market bottomed out the second time in October, September, markets have been moving further ahead. And so still staying well diversified is a good idea. But again, you want to pick your sectors into 2023. Managing downside risk. You want to remove the emotions as much as possible when going through market volatility. Again, this is no different. And if you own good blue chip companies, you're going to come back. It's those that may own junior small cap companies or, you know, are in high risk investments. That's where you have to worry. For clients that deal with us, I mean, most of them are close to retired or already retired. So we're not in that part of the market. So when I speak with confidence, John, about getting through these times, I've done it so many times before. And the times were much more difficult, actually, than what we just went through. It's just a matter of time. And that's what investors have to look out for. Most people are longer, have a longer term horizon. And so it's not about one year. It's about the years going forward. And you think about those years after a bear market, those are pretty exciting. Well, the end of the year is fast approaching. And of course, taxpayers will want to consider all the tax planning opportunities that are available. 
So what are some of the things that investors should keep in mind before the end of the year? Well, there's a few things. RSP contributions are not something that have to be done until March. But I often say if you have the money, why wait to contribute if you should be? And the reason is, is you can have it start working for you sooner in a tax shelter, right? That's what an RSP is. But this is a conversation you really have to have with your advisor. It's not that everyone should just throw money into an RSP or max it out. It really depends on your income, what age you are as well. Because remember, when you're 71, you have to turn it to a RIF. 72, you're going to be forced to withdraw. And a lot of people don't like that part, actually, John, because then you're forced to withdraw so much and it affects their OAS clawback. And that angers people, frankly. They, they want to get all the old age security they can. But again, they forget sometimes early on in life when they did these RSP contributions, you had a tax savings right away and then over many, many years of tax-free growth. So it still is beneficial. Really, each person is unique. So you do have to talk to an advisor. TFSA contributions for clients, we do it automatically in January. And as you may or may not know, the TFSA contribution max amount has been lifted to 6500 from 6000 That's supposed to be in line with inflation. And the more we could get into TFSAs, the better it would be. But the government has that limit. Our ESP contributions, make sure you do that before the end of the year for your children or grandchildren because you want to get that credit from the government. And remember, if you contribute $2,500 per child, you'll get a $500 credit from the government. So that's like a 20% return automatically without even the actual return, John. So planning for future education for children and grandchildren is important. So we're definitely recommending people do that. And what are some of the tax planning strategies that people should consider in your investment portfolio? Being proactive, not just in the markets, but also in the financial planning aspect of things or tax planning. Tax loss selling is one of the biggest strategies, especially in a year that we've had. You want to be taking some of those losses so that you don't have any gains for the year. But remember, you can take those losses back three years and as well forward indefinitely. So that could reduce your tax bill this year, but also in other years. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. There is a rule that if you sell a stock for a loss or an investment, you can't repurchase it for 30 days. So what we have done in that retrospect is that if we sell a position that we want to take a loss on, which we're kind of doing throughout the year anyway, because that's just our strategy. But if we want to take further losses, then we will replace it with a stock that's similar or an exchange-traded fund, because you don't want to sell a stock, crystallize a loss, and then sit in cash not to participate with the recovery. That won't put you any farther ahead. So it's important to understand that as well. And again, just rebalancing your portfolio towards the end of the year. If you're thinking about taking a gain on something like what we do, sometimes we're saying, you know what, maybe we should wait till January so we don't trigger that gain before the end of the year. You don't always want to allow the tax tail to wag the return dog, so to speak. So it's the return first. But again, we're very mindful of the tax situations of a lot of our clients uh, because a lot of people have large non-registered accounts, as we call leaky buckets. They're paying tax on every year. So we're, we have huge lists uh, that we're going through of people getting their income, figuring out excess RIF withdrawals. Like I said, uh, tax loss selling as well. Both of those two strategies are really important at the end of the year. What retirement planning aspects need to be considered when preparing for a year-end tax? People looking ahead in terms of planning their glorious retirements. So what kind of planning do they need to do? 
when we're taking a look at income, so income annually, I mean, there's two parts to that. One, inflation has caused people to spend more. So having those general conversations, you know, do people need more than they have had in the past? But also those who have lower income may be able to take out more from their RSP or RIF by excess withdrawal. And that's, a, again, a recommendation I was just mentioning, but it's very client specific. So we really always get more details towards the end of the year if this a, is a possibility for them or we advise them to take out more than they're supposed to. And the reason that people do that is so that you have less in your registered accounts at the end of your days or when you turn into an angel because half of that is basically going to CRA. And some people have small registered accounts. Some people have very large ones. So it really depends on their situation and how much they care and like their kids, I guess, right? Because they're not going to see more money. In fact, if you take out more from your RSP or RIF annually, you're going to pay more tax yourself just at a lower tax rate. But there'll be more in the pot for your beneficiaries later on is the idea or strategy behind that. So, you know, there's a lot to think about when it comes to your intent tax planning. And so don't go it alone. Talk to an advisor, portfolio manager. And often we're talking to the accountants as well, if it's more complex, just to make sure everyone's working together to provide the best advice for clients when it comes to the end of the year. Once you're retired, are the tax returns, do the tax strategies change that much from year to year? It depends. For instance, they sell an investment property in a retirement that could cause a big capital gain. So therefore, that year, you wouldn't want to take out excess money from your registered account. Some people end up having some income in retirement. John, you would know something about that. Continuously working in retirement. We see that quite often. So again, then you wouldn't want to take out extra money from your registered account. So I think things change as people go through various stages in life. And that could be working years, too. You know, with RSP contributions, if you were earning a lot, you may have maxed it out. Say you went down to three times a week. Maybe your income isn't as high. So it wouldn't make sense to max out your RSP contribution. You know, I find the markets new and exciting every day. And that's part of what we do. And that's our passion. But on the flip side, I really enjoy learning about people's unique situation, their families and what advice we need to provide them. And again, if I can't provide it, if it's in terms of tax, we have to bring in an accountant or talk to their accountant, then we're happy to do that too. It's about finding the answers or solutions that people need, which makes me happy. And as I say to people, I skip to work daily. <laughs> I can just see you now skipping down Granville Street on your way. <laughs> even in a bear market. Even, <laughs> even in, a bear in a bear market. Even with the bears chasing you down, you're still skipping on your way to work. Uh, as this year draws to a close, there is certainly a lot of food for thought for investors. 22 was a reminder to stay focused and committed to your investing strategy. And with a disciplined team of active managers, you can reduce volatility and hedge against risk in any kind of environment. Exactly. You know, when you go through a year like 2022 or 2018 or 2015, 2011, 2008, 2000 to 2001, you know, there's times where markets are down and there's a lot of volatility. People get worried, but essentially it will work itself out. And as long as you're on top of the changing conditions and are preparing for what's next, you're going to come out of this always okay. And so I think that's what history will tell us and has told us over and over and over again. And so what's important is that you want to remain 
well, patient. You want to make sure that you remain logical and level-headed during times of market volatility and also look for the opportunities that are presenting themselves. If you look back to any of those years that I talked about, had you been buying stock when the market was down, you would have done very, very well. Had you sold when the market was down, you would have done poorly. You want to manage the risk that's out there and there are not really times to panic and run for the hills forever because again, everything goes in a cycle and this will as well. All right. So this is the final edition of Ready, Set, Retire for 2022. So what kind of a quote are you going to end the year on? In the middle of every difficulty lies opportunity. That's a good one. That's one to think about for next year as well, because, uh, you know, talk of recession and what have you. Don't panic because their opportunities will abound at, uh, at some point. Listen, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Happy holidays and uh, wishing you all the best for a tremendous and profitable 2023. Thank you, John. And another year said and done here with Ready, Set, Retire. We've been kept on our toes and we've had lots to talk about this entire year. And again, I enjoy speaking with you every couple of weeks and really focusing on all things retirement, not just the markets, mental health, senior residences, you know, all sorts of things we've touched on throughout the year, including portfolio management, of course. And uh, I just want to wish you and your family a happy holidays and Merry Christmas and to all our listeners and enjoy that time with your family because that is key in life, family, health, and your money. And we will speak again early in 2023. Until then, uh, love talking with you. And again, Merry Christmas and we'll catch up in the new year. Thanks so much, John. And that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire. The comments and opinions expressed in this podcast are the result of work done by Lori Pinkowski. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuities Research and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord's beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp., member of the CIPF and IROC.